Welcome! You're listening to The Baker's Notebook, a new podcast about home baking. I'm Stacy, a mom of two, and I enjoy baking with my kids when I'm not teaching biochemistry lab. And I'm Mia, a romance author and home baker. We're two longtime friends who met and bonded over the perfect apple pie. Bake along with us as we find new recipes to try. Listen as we compare notes about our successes and inevitable failures in the kitchen. Learn along with us as we become better home bakers, one delicious recipe at a time. This week, we're baking Viennese whirls by Benjamina Ebwehi of Carrot and Crumb. Bake along with us. So Mia, you want to tell us a little bit about why you chose this recipe for this week? Sure. I was really interested in uh, the res- in the recipe for Viennese whirls because I'd seen it on the Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially in the U.S., hadn't heard of them before. Um, I think that they are sold in the U.K. Uh, as under the brand Mr. Kipling. And um, I believe they're like shortbread cookies that are piped in a rosette. And they're filled with, what are they filled with? Again, they're filled with jam. Buttercream and raspberry jam, I think, normally. Right. And so you can buy them in stores, but we don't we don't really have anything like that here. Can you think of anything that is sold in in our shops like that? No, I can't. I mean, I don't know if they're sold outside of California, but there's like the knots cookies that you can get in vending machines that are like piped butter. Yeah. Yeah, buttery the- shortbread. They're more like the thumbprint cookies, though, I think, that we think right. of, right? Where you, where you have sandwich. it in the middle. No, they're not sandwich cookies. I think that we've had cookies. We didn't know what they were called, but we've mm-hmm. had these sandwich cookies that were filled with uh, frosting, you know, buttercream and jam from like, um, I want to say like, is, is it called Victor Benny's in, in Gelson's? Is that mm. how you say that bakery's name? Um, I don't know. I've never been Oh, it's the, it's it's kind of a nice bakery that's within the Gelson's uh, supermarket, and mm-hmm. we've we've had some in like a a cookie box that was given to us as a gift that was from mm-hmm. that bakery, um, and my kids really liked it. So when I made these, they were very excited. But they're, other than that, they're really tasty. I mean, they're very it's shortbread, right? And so when we say short, that means it's made with a lot of butter, and mm-hmm. it, they're a little bit crumbly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very delicate. And yes. so I wanted to learn a little bit more about why these were called Viennese whirls if they're from the UK. <laughs> yeah. So- and so, yeah, I was looking up a little bit on the old Wikipedia, which is really reliable, guys, <laughs> is that um, they're shortbread, but they're inspired. The shape is inspired by pastries from Vienna. There's no link between these cookies and Vienna. Oh, um, except for that. And okay. they're based on Scottish shortbread recipes. Oh. Um, yeah. So Scotland invented shortbread, apparently a very buttery, crumbly, delicious cookie. You can buy it here under the Walker's brand. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if this happens to you, but I fall down rabbit holes real easily when I'm <laughs> looking things up. And I found this really cool tradition from Scotland called dreaming cake. Have you heard of this? No, I don't know what that is. So there's a tradition uh, at weddings um, when after the wedding, 
and the couple goes to their new home, the bride stands on the threshold of the new house and mm -hmm. someone takes a piece of shortbread and this like decorated shortbread called a dreaming cake and like breaks it over her head. And then I, I was looking this up. I'm like, do they, do they like break it like bread with their hands or do they like, <laughs> like her head with yeah. it? I'm not sure. I, I haven't been able to and find that information. <laughs> so how big of a shortbread is this? This is like, I like have no idea. the size of a book so that you could break well, it on somebody's head. Is, and I then... mean, it's a very old tradition. And part of the tradition is that the pieces of the shortbread are supposed to go to the unmarried people in the wedding party. So it's got to be so a significant that... size of shortbread then. That One you're... would hope so, right? Unless you're like trying to save money that you would make a big piece of like shortbread for everyone so that they can dream about their oh. true love and the house they're going to have with them. I thought it was really sweet. <laughs> really... <laughs> See, I tell you, these rabbit holes go really deep. But you have to break it over somebody's head for you, right. the bride's head. Okay. That's <laughs> and these <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> these cookies are very well, it's a really, really old tradition. I'm not right. sure where it comes from, but um these cookies are really crumbly. Yes. So it's yes. fun to, they're fun to make, they're fun to eat. They're pretty messy when you eat them, which yeah. I learned when I gave them to my toddler in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I found them more delicate than traditional shortbread that I usually make. Did, mm -hmm, did you are. also find that? Yeah. And so it was definitely fragile. We actually had intended to take these on a picnic. We were having a special mommy daughter day picnic day and I had made these cookies the night before for us to have our special picnic. And my daughter said to me, did you pack the cookies for the picnic? And I said, no, because you guys ate them all last night. So, <laughs> so they didn't last very long in my house because they were eaten that night. But, but I said to her, but actually that works out kind of well, right? Because I don't know if they would have packed well for a picnic because we we were going to stuff these all in a backpack and go walk to like this uh, lake area and then sit down and, and eat. And I don't know how they would have done in a backpack, you know? Yeah, definitely not granola bars. They're very, yeah. very delicate and pretty. Um, maybe for a fancy tea party, something that yeah. where people would be coming to you and then... Yes. They don't have to travel far. Yeah, yeah, where you could have just had them on a plate sitting there and right. people would pick them up. Yeah, because they were very – but that was part of the nice thing about them, right? They just crumbled into your mouth. They almost melted in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Didn't you feel that way? They're so delicious. And I really like this website, this baking blog. Benjamina Abue, he was a um, competitor on the Great British Bake Off. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites – and um, this recipe is on her blog called Carrot and Crumb. After cooking a few of her recipes, I bought her cookbook called A New Way to Cake. And I just think that her recipes are really uncluttered, very direct. The ingredients are not difficult to find. And the results are really beautiful for not that much work, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and this, I think you're absolutely right. This wasn't a huge amount of work for these cookies. Mm -mm. And they were quick too. How long do you think it took to put these together from like oh, beginning to having a cookie? Not long at all. <laughs> I would say maybe it took 
10 minutes to get them into the oven and then you bake them for 10 minutes mm -hmm. and then you had to let them cool um and you know depending on what you did she she dips hers in white mm -hmm. chocolate and then pistachios um i know you have pistachios on hand from all the <laughs> other baking projects we've done i don't um i have salt and pepper pistachios on hand so i didn't think that would really work <laughs> um so we but i have macadamia nuts um so we chopped up macadamia nuts so i did white chocolate macadamia nuts um i yeah. also piped some to make traditional viennese whirls uh sandwiches did you I don't oh, okay. know if you did cool. that. Um, no, I did the little, she has a squiggle yeah. on her website. She did little squiggles that were fun to make, but I made mine too big. So they broke really easily. Yeah. So I think if you're making these, I would recommend making them on the smaller side. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that they, um, especially if you're going to be dipping them into the, into the chocolate, uh, they, mm -hmm. I found that if you tried to dip them into the chocolate, that they broke more easily than if you sort of, um, uh, put the chocolate on them spoon it yeah on. yeah mm. that's what I discovered after the first two broke in my bowl of chocolate right. that but they're so tasty that you don't feel too bad about it oh yeah no and my kids <laughs> like oh my kids happily ate the broken ones immediately right. it's not a problem yeah. <laughs> um the recipe is really straightforward it's butter sugar a little vanilla um you Beat them with a oh, – I use my stand mixer. Mm -hmm. So did I. And then you, you pipe them. Mm -hmm. I used – it says an open star nozzle. And the one that I found that was closest to an open star nozzle uh, was my Wilton 4B. Okay. Which is kind of like a large star. Yeah. And I think you said that you used your 1M. Yeah, I used my 1M. I think I would have gotten a little bit better definition if I had used more of an open star. The 1M is kind of closed at the top. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it was it was fine. I mean, look, they, they were still, <laughs> they still looked fine. They were still delicious. So I think even if you don't, you know, you don't need to have the perfect tip. Um, right. But I do think it it's definitely pretty with those nice um, ridges that you see on them. Mm -hmm. And I loved her design. Mm -hmm. I loved her, her s swirl, I guess, design or whatever you call it. Just basically going just back and forth. Right. Yeah. Like an S, but again and again and again. Yeah. And I thought that was really a clever idea of way to make these. Mm -hmm. The, okay. I'm lying. I have to admit it. I made a mistake the first time I made okay. these. <laughs> And I think um, it, it relates to the ridges on the cookie. Okay. So I thought I was being so smart by pre-measuring my ingredients and putting them into bowls. Yeah. So that I could put everything in the, in the stand mixer, right? right? You know, thinking I'm filming some kind of baking show <laughs> in my mind, yeah. right? Like I'm so organized. Like I'm going to, I'm so organized. Look at my, look at my ingredients laid out. And here's the thing. I get distracted really easily. So I got distracted. And then I didn't follow the directions and I put, I mixed up the icing sugar and the flour. Oh. So I put all the ingredients, I, I was like, oh no. So it was like, you're supposed to beat the and sugar the, and, the, and, the, and the butter together. Right. So I put the butter and the flour in together and then I stared at the bowl and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so did you just then add the sugar? I just, I was like, you know what? 
it's a lot of butter. I'm just going to put everything yeah, in. Yeah, okay. And so I did that until it looked like a pretty decent dough, right? right? right. But when I piped it um, and I baked it, they lost a lot of the definition and they melted. Okay. Yeah. So that was not good. Okay. And so the next batch that I tried, I followed it. I did, I did it properly where I creamed the butter and the sugar together uh-huh. and they held their shape. And I wanted to ask you, like, why do you think that is? If I did everything the same, but I didn't cream the butter and the sugar together, why were the results so different? What is it in the act of creaming the butter and the sugar that makes the results so much better? So my understanding of when you cream butter and sugar together is that the sugar is sort of, if you will, getting in between like the molecules of the, of the butter in a way that flour does not. Um, mm. And so that's why you cream those two together. And when you do look at that, it, does become like a lighter uh, mixture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you add add the flour, uh, that flour can then incorporate a little bit better into into that space. Um, so that's my understanding of why we cream butter and sugar together first. Um, I think it's pretty standard in a lot of shortbread recipes that I've read that you do cream the butter and sugar. And actually most cookie recipes, right? Like even like a chocolate chip cookie dough recipe, you start with creaming mm-hmm. the butter mm-hmm. and sugar together first. Um, this is interesting. Shortbread, uh, most shortbread that I've ever made doesn't have eggs, right? So it's just mm-hmm. butter, right. sugar, flour, um, your vanilla or, or whatever flavoring. Um, so one thing that I've noticed though, whenever I do shortbread is if I want to have that shape uh, maintained better, I refrigerate it. So after piping though, cause she even pointed out, oh. she even pointed out, make sure your butter's really soft. If it's too firm, the dough will be difficult to pipe. Right. So it's a mm-hmm. pretty soft dough so that you can pipe it. But then if you really want it to hold a gorgeous shape, after you've piped it onto your baking sheet, so now you need a kind of a big room in your fridge, put that whole baking sheet mm-hmm. into your refrigerator for like, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, something like that, and then bake it off. And so mm-hmm. her recipe doesn't call for that. And I did do her her, uh, her whirls, you know, her, her lines, if you will, and um, put those in the oven. And while those were in the oven, I put my traditional sandwich whirls into the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can tell you that the ridges on the sandwich whirls have more definition, even though it's all the same tip, do have more definition than the first batch that went in. And I do think that's mm-hmm. because of the refrigeration. And yeah, yeah so like, okay, that makes a yeah, lot of and, sense. And when you make like your, um, your Christmas cutout cookies, a lot of times, right mm-hmm. before you before you bake it off, you put it in the refrigerator, and that's so that so it holds they hold shape. their shape, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, got it. The first time I made these, they melted into one giant. Cookie. Yeah, yeah, not not good. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, I don't know if you could have if you could have rescued that first batch by refrigerating, by piping and then refrigerating. Possibly, yeah, that would have been an interesting experiment to try. Um, but the other thing is, I think it just, 
the recipe calls for icing sugar, powdered sugar. I think I just didn't give the sugar a chance to dissolve right. into the butter properly, as right. you were saying. Um, so maybe they would have not come out even if I had. Yeah. It's hard I to know. Wonder. I wonder. I wonder. So you said that you made these sandwich cookies. What did you put in the middle? Um, so her her suggestion was, you know, the white chocolate with, with nuts. And so when I looked up, I was like, oh, okay, Viennese whirls. What are these? <laughs> Cause I'd never heard of them before. And then I saw the picture and went, Oh my gosh, that's that cookie that we've had. I didn't know what it was called. Um, mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, well, raspberry jam. And uh, it's normally a buttercream, but I was lazy and didn't feel like making a buttercream. And I had this melted white chocolate in front of me from you know dipping the uh the other lie squigglies i don't know what you want to call them mm -hmm. so i just <laughs> spread some white chocolate on one side and then mm -hmm. put some raspberry jam and then sandwiched it together so it was white chocolate raspberry jam and then i ran out of white chocolate so then it was just raspberry jam <laughs> <laughs> I think the raspberry jam would be so it, good with this. Just a little bit of sharpness to go with the like soft well, crumbly. Yeah, vanilla. well, one of our favorite cookies is just simply to make shortbread and sandwich it with raspberry jam. It's one of my older daughter's favorite mm -hmm. cookies. She gets very excited because we that's mm -hmm. what we usually make with Valentine for Valentine's Day. Um with the little it looks like a mm -hmm. Linzer cookie right? Except it's just shortbread. It's not the, I don't do it with all the almonds and stuff that you would have to do if it was a true Linzer um, cookie. Mm -hmm. uh, but it looks mm -hmm. like those and it's one of her favorite cookies. So it, that it probably explains why she liked these so much because it's just, this is like that, but more delicate because normally the shortbread I make is a little bit more uh, firmer. Yeah. Hardy. Yeah. Solid. Mm -hmm. One where you could crack it over one's head and probably have pieces this one if you cracked over somebody's head i feel <laughs> like it would just be like dust it would right? be dust there would be no there would be no pieces for yeah. you so. <laughs> <laughs> however my vacuum cleaner <laughs> was very happy to receive this from the <laughs> this is not this is not i thought these were so nice though they're so delicate and so lovely um, I really would like these at a tea yes. party, at high tea, sitting around being very, very, you know, sophisticated. <laughs> um, I really want people yes. to try these. For yes, their next, hope you hope you, you guys know. get a chance to make them. Mia, what are we baking next week? Next week, we're making Gâteau de Crêpe from the New York Times. Or they, a crepe cake. <laughs> that's how I'm going to say it. Crepe cake. Cool. Thanks for baking along with us this week. For the links to the recipes and other notes, please check out our website, www.thebakersnotebook.com, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Baker's Notebook. You can leave us a voice message on our website if you'd like to be featured on our show. If you bake any of these recipes, please make sure to tag us on social media. We'd love to see what you create. Until next time, happy baking.